Welcome to 2021 Political Football with Dave, Matty Ice, and Cleve. How you guys doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Doing pretty good. Happy New Year, my friends. All right. So a lot of action, uh, obviously, this week. We're going to go right to the football and get started. Uh, let's get it going. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners, just so you know, there we're going to review Week 17, which every team played. And we're also going to fully preview the first round of the playoffs. So this first stretch here, you're going to get a lot of me reviewing the games. And then we'll... Uh, bring bring everybody in more so for the for the for the preview stuff uh matter cleave if you have anything you want in any of these games coming up here just feel free to jump in and we'll get it sorted out um so the first game we have here we have the vikings 37 and the lions 35 this game of course didn't matter for anything but justin jefferson did set the all-time rookie yardage mark uh, for a wide receiver breaking anquan bolden's record um so good for him and he's going to be a monster going forward the next game we have the Falcons 27 and the Buccaneers 44. Uh, I maintain the Bucks are still fraudulent and they're going to win their game this week probably, but then be proven to be frauds. Antonio Brown in this game, 11 catches for 138 yards and two touchdowns. Do either of you want to challenge my assertion that the Buccaneers are fraudulent? I I, I think, and I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, uh, the last half of the you know season, uh, I think Tom Brady plays his best ball, you know, this time of this, you know, this time of the year, he's got a obviously he's got a better squad than he had in New England the last two years. So uh, I think I don't think they're fraudulent, but I think that they're going to come up against some stiff competition now. Okay, they are they are fraudulent if Mike Evans is not one hundred percent. Well, he, he's questionable for this week. So um, you know, if they lose this week, then they're just obviously fraudulent no matter what because you can't lose to Washington. But uh, they should have him back. I think if they if they advance, so. Hopefully they'll have Mike Evans back for for their next game. They could possibly they could possibly lose the next game we have here. We have the battle of my co-host. We have the Jets fourteen at the Patriots twenty eight. Uh, the biggest news here is that Adam Gase was officially fired. So congratulations, Cleve. Thank you, sirs. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, and then that uh, now we're gonna have the months long debate about what QB the Jets should take at number two. Should it be Justin Fields or should it be Zach Wilson? Um, I think I've made my point very clear here with my screen name being Fields greater than Wilson, but we'll see what uh, the Jets decide to do. The uh, The next game we have here, we have the Dolphins 26 at the Bills 56. Matt, this was Scorigami. Yes, it was. Um, and then, so the Bills only played their starters in the first half, but they were still <laughs> bombing the ball down the field in the second half, which is just awesome to see. I didn't know Buffalo hated Miami that much, but... Uh, I, uh, I love to see it. Now, the thing is that Miami Miami missed the playoffs because they lost this game, but they still got 10 wins on the year. And getting 10 wins and missing the playoffs before this year was bad luck. This year with the seventh, the additional playoff team, it's just like, I don't think we're going to see a 10-win team miss the playoffs again probably in the next decade. I mean, that's a that's really, really bad luck for, for Miami. But the thing is, they do get the third overall pick because they have Houston's pick. Yeah, yeah. That was the Tunzel. That's a Tunzel trade, right? Yes. Yep. They turned Laramie Tunzel into probably Panay Sewell. So they probably just upgraded Laramie Tunzel to the best offensive line prospect in the last few years here. Um, and it, I do want to know, we'll get more into this, but I do want to know that Panay Sewell is like a Trevor Lawrence level prospect. It's just offensive line. We don't get talked about as much as quarterback, obviously. But this is like a slam dunk situation that Dolphins find themselves in. Nice. Um, the next game here, we have the Steelers 22 at the Browns 24. Uh, only two things to say about this game. The first is that 
Uh, Baker Mayfield is actually the most accurate deep ball passer in the league, according to Roto World this year. Mm, good I, for him, man. Yeah, I mean, I would not, I would not have thought, even though I know he's playing better, I would not have thought that was true. I mean, he's throwing, he's throwing a Landry. <laughs> those tar- those are going to be good targets. Yeah, but he did it without Odell Beckham too. Yeah, which 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 tells you that you know, do they really need Odell? We'll see. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, Baker best beat ball pass in the league, and then. Steelers Browns they're about to run it back this week so we'll just get more into that as we uh as we go along here the next game ended up not being relevant but it was relevant when it was being played and that's the Cowboys 19 at the Giants 23 um so yeah when this when the Giants won this game they had a chance to win to win the division if Washington had lost it didn't happen so really this game was just a couple loser teams playing a loser game um, but to, but both these teams have interesting prospects going forward. Dallas has the 10th overall pick, and they get Dak back. The Giants have the 11th overall pick and get Saquon back. Mm. So they can each meaningfully improve their teams pretty quickly going into, into next season. Mm. Oh, this game, too, was so bad. Yes. Like, so, oh, so sloppy. And I thought yeah. this is exactly how the NFC East should be battled in just absolute shit fashion. And by the way, can Wayne Gallman hang on to the ball without being hit? Because he fumbled twice without even being touched. <laughs> unbelievable. Like he got a handoff that he missed. And then on that kickoff, or I think it was a kickoff or a punt return. Was it a, well, was it the kickoff after that with all that controversy over whether he had possession and he was running and just literally dropped the damn ball. And I thought, what a great uh, metaphor for the entire NFC East this year. Just dropping the ball, period. I think they fucking practiced that because then didn't Danny Dimes like trip up, trip up running, some ghosts tripped them up. Like they in the open field, they're like fucking fearless. I don't know. It was just incredibly. It was incredible how incredibly bad this game was with so much on the line. It was so fitting. Yeah. Uh, one other <laughs> quick thing to note for the Giants is that because they uh, won here the last, you know, they won like five out of the last seven or something like that. So they're going to pick eleventh instead of in the top five, which means there's no debate over if they should take another quarterback because they're all going to be gone. So the Giants can survive this like maelstrom of oh should the is it time to replace Danny Dimes or whatever they're just they're just sitting pretty at eleven, hopefully taking a wide receiver. Um, mm. The next game we have here we have the Ravens thirty eight at the Bengals three. Um, the Ravens are clicking at the right time here. Cleve, uh, get a load of these stat lines. Lamar Jackson ten of eighteen, one hundred thirteen yards, three touchdowns, eleven carries, ninety seven yards. Yeah, it was it was a video game. I think they collectively scored like ran up the, ran up three fifty on them. They did. Uh, J.K. Dobbins thirteen carries for hundred and sixty yards and two touchdowns. Jeez, Neither played awesome. in the second half. <laughs> yep. This wow. is this is where a team benefits from playing a lot of scrub teams at the end of the season. You get some momentum, start playing well, clicking, and they get a tough first round matchup, which we'll get to later. But definitely, the momentum is on their side because they played a lot of shitty teams. Yep. Yeah, helps. Dave certainly helps. Dave, were there any like bonuses for any of these guys, like like the other guys in the league? So like, I, <laughs> I I I didn't write down any of the bonuses, but I took I took note of some of them. I did not okay. see any bonuses coming up for the Ravens players. Um, I don't think any of the non rookies would have gotten to their bonuses because they underperformed all all year, all, and then the year, rookies okay. typically don't have them, or like the people okay. on rookie contracts. So like Lamar probably doesn't have any. Dobbins probably doesn't have any. Um, yeah. I'm sure Willis will get his you know? at some point. 
yeah, I mean, they were bleeding to the point. I'm like, they're still rushing this ball, like it ain't no, like no one's business. And I'm like, can you stop them? You can stop here. <laughs> Something 350 fucking yards, bro. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, just just amazing. Now, it's for the Bengals, uh, they have the fifth overall pick, and they get Joe Burrow back next year. So, um, you know, that's gonna be two. That could be two huge additions to to their squad as well. And they should lose AJ Green, which is good because they won't be tempted to throw the ball to AJ Green anymore. Um, the next thing we have here, we have the Jaguars 14 at the Colts 28. This game ended up being very important as the Colts needed to win this game to get into the playoffs. Uh, and they did that because the Dolphins lost. The Colts also could have won the, uh, the division. They did not, which we'll discuss in the next game. Um, the main thing here for the Jags is that, uh, Doug Marone was fired. And have you guys seen who was topping the reports to replace him in Jacksonville? I have not. Is it a is it a college guy? It is a college guy. It's a D college guy. Urban Meyer. It is. Are you serious? He's asking twelve million dollars a year to coach the Jags. <laughs> hey, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> now I, I'm going to say something here that uh, might shock some people, given how much I love Michigan and therefore hate Ohio State. Urban Meyer is the greatest college football coach ever, ever, without without question. Um. I mean, greatest takes like championships into account. He's the best. He's the best to ever do it. Um, really? And I don't know if his way of coaching will ever translate to the NFL. I do know that if he can get $12 million to coach Trevor Lawrence in sunny Florida, like that's a win. And honestly, I think he deserves a shot to coach in the NFL if he wants it. Also, I'd love to just get him out of the college game since he ain't going to be coaching Michigan. What did I say to you like a few weeks ago? Remember we were talking offline, you and I? And I said that that uh, is it Khan Shad Khan? I don't know. His name. Yeah, Shad Khan. Yes. Um, uh, he he's kind of he's the kind of owner that is the opposite of like a Jerry Jones, where he's just gonna put the put the checkbook out and be like, "What do you want?" And I think that if he could pull this off and get the twelve mil, good for him. But I think that he's got he's got an owner that's not gonna interfere with whatever he's gonna do, and it'll be interesting to see if this is uh this all materializes. So apparently, Cleve. That is not correct. And at the time we were discussing offline, I thought that was correct about Shad Khan. It okay. turns out now, I mean, I only learned this yesterday, that he's basically been the GM all year and is responsible oh, for shit. like cratering the team so that you get this first overall pick. And, uh, he, and he's effectively okay. been telling GMs and potential new GMs in interviews that he's going to control in 2021 as well. So he's going to like hold so, their hand for the first year that they're there. Wow. So who's going who's gonna to want that job? Yeah, so I mean, who knows if he sticks to that or or what? But apparently, at least for this last season, Shotgun has been involved in order to tank the team. So he actually did a good job. I mean, you think that has to do it with with Coughlin, like with, with the Coughlin experiment? Maybe like he had. Okay. Yeah, but have you guys seen the boat that he owns? I mean, if I can be a coach and get to go on that boat whenever the fuck I want, <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so we mentioned the Colts did not win the division, and that's because of the next game, the Titans 41 and the Texans 38. Um, this game was just absolutely insane. So I sort of wrote down what happened here. So the Texans drove late for the tie. And when this when the Texans got the ball back, I sent to you guys offline. I sent a message that said that Deshaun will do this as long as the idiots around him don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. Um and so the idiots around and screwed it up. The Texans drive late for a tie. They kick the field goal, tie the game. With less than 10 seconds to go, the Texans give a 51-yard bomb to A.J. Brown. 
that to put the Titans in the field goal range. They kick the game-winning field goal that doinks off the goalpost and goes in. Mm-hmm. Just an absolutely insane game. Um, oh, I did not mention for the Colts. For the Colts, Jonathan Taylor had uh, 30 carries for 253 yards and two touchdowns. He helped himself. Yeah. He helped himself out a lot. He did. Now, Derrick Henry for the Titans, 34 carries, 250 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> you want to hear? I got it. Good. Good, Matt. Uh, a great, great uh, little bit of poetic justice. I won my fantasy championship this week because of two AFC South running backs. I had both Taylor <laughs> and Derrick Henry, and it didn't dawn on me until like five seconds ago. And I thought, are you kidding me? The AFC South won me a fantasy football championship. Well, yeah, when they give you 500 yards and four touchdowns rushing, that'll that's, that's pretty yeah, good. Kind of seals it up. It just was so perfect with how much I've been railing about it. And you know what? They uh, got me to some friendship glory here. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, they scored 74 points on their own. They would have beaten a lot of teams just by themselves with their performance. Uh, last thing on Derrick Henry here that did give him 2,000 on the year, and I'm glad to see him get that mark at least once in his career because he's definitely a 2,000-yard caliber back, and it's good to see him get it. You know what? He's – go ahead, Cleve. He's the kind of guy that – I don't know if you guys noticed in the last, you know, couple of seasons. Like, he, he, he comes on stronger as the year, like, you know, grinds down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a great weapon to ride through, you know, the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. Um, the next game, the next game that we do have here, uh, this game just sucks so bad. The Cardinals seven at the Rams eighteen. This game was important uh, though because the winner made the playoffs. And if the Rams won, then the Bears would make the playoffs no matter what happened with them in their game. So the Rams win, which effectively puts the Rams and the Bears in the playoffs. Uh, Kyler was hurt for most of this game, and we got to see his backup Chris Strebler come in, and we were wondering who Chris Strebler was, and it turns out Chris Strebler sucks. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to go full cleave and like watch one guy play like three quarters of one game and make a determination. But this guy sucks. So well, think about he was so bad that they brought a one-legged Kyler in with not enough time. To yeah, back. dude. Yeah, they told him get off the bench. You got to go in. Take the shot and go in. Yeah. Fuck. Um, John Wolford though, who started the game for the Rams. Does not suck. I don't know if he's good, but he at least he at least was passable. Uh, twenty two of thirty eight, two hundred thirty one yards, no touchdowns, one pick, but six rushes for fifty six yards. Kid can get up and go a little bit. He can. Yeah, I mean, he, he helped. Scoot. He helped himself. You want to know the weird thing about this game? Uh, so Walford was the leading rusher in the game for the Rams, and Cam Akers was the leading receiver in the game for the Rams. So okay, but Walford earned himself. Uh, a backup job somewhere if it's not with the Rams. I mean, he he showed yep. that he was a capable backup, and that's okay to be a capable backup. You're going to earn yeah. more money than the three of us. You're going to earn in our lifetime being a you know capable backup. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think that Wolford um uh, really did himself did himself a lot of favors in this game, I, and we'll talk more about it when it comes up. But he might have to start a playoff game here. So uh, he, he might. Yeah, he's going to also. Kingsbury can't beat a quarterback who was in a 0-0 tie in college. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, sorry, Cliff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the 0-0 tie Virginia Tech-Wake Forest game is, is a legendary college football game. You know, in the offseason, Cleve, you just have to watch it on YouTube. Okay. It's I, I'll one of that. the worst offenses to football ever. But also it's still stuff how entertaining. It's like Con Air, but football. <laughs> it was just so awful, but the it's so good. So yeah, it really is. It's 
oh god it's so bad and and we're talking to, to a hokey here it's just abysmal it's pitiful <laughs> jesus um the next game we have here we have the saints 33 at the panthers 7 uh yeah so this was really something because we had the broncos have to play with no quarterbacks we had the browns play with no wide receivers i know the saints had to play with no running backs because elvin Kamara tested positive so the rest of the room became close contacts and couldn't play um so clee my question for you is who was the top rusher for the new orleans saints in this game wasn't it their their wide receiver that that uh that played running back? Some it like is. That? Do you know his name? Uh, uh no, doesn't come to me. It right is now. Ty Montgomery. Okay, eighteen carries for one hundred and five yards. Not they bad. Got a hundred yard rusher. <laughs> Not bad. I don't know, but this guy who was the leading wide receiver at Stanford for like three straight years. Um, <laughs> so that's good for them. You know, that thing else about this game, really, the Saints locked up the number two seed by by winning this game, which means they do get to host the Bears in the next round. The big thing for them is just their health. Will Michael Thomas be back for this game? Will Alvin Kamara be cleared to come back for, for this playoff game? As far as the Panthers go, they get the eighth overall pick, and they're getting Christian McCaffrey back. So, they're in a, you know, their prospects are looking a bit okay as well. I think, um, I think, and I'm not, you know, trying to put a hoax on this kid. I think that his, you know, the myriad of injuries um, may plague his career going forward. Um, because I think they were trying to get him back, but it was a meaningless season. So he should have just like, you know, rested up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so worried about that for him because he, they actually waited to bring him back an extra week after the high ankle sprain. And then he hurt his shoulder. So, so because yeah. like they're it's not like a re-injury or anything like that. I'm in you know shoulders can be repaired pretty easily. It's not like a knee or something like that. I I think I think McCaffrey's going to be fine. I think this is one of those things where it was just really bad luck. You know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, he just finishes the year playing the last you know the last, the last few weeks. So I'm not at- well. The reason I yeah the reason I say that they sorry to cut you is that they is just from the use fact like they depend so much on him for a lot of the offense. That they're gonna have to like you know draft you know some receivers and and get some help because he's like he's pretty much like eighty percent of the offense. So that was true coming into this year, um, but you know they have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. They're probably gonna upgrade at quarterback here in the offseason for Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. They have other offensive players they can use. The offense just rotates around Christian McCaffrey. So I think going forward he's gonna be more like a Dalvin Cook situation where mm-hmm. he's the focal point of the offense, but he's certainly not the only thing the offense can do. And he doesn't have to gotcha. get a, mil- a million carries. So I think that that situation is going to resolve itself. But you're right. He can't keep getting 400 carries a year because he's not Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next game here, the aforementioned Chicago Bears. We had the Green Bay Packers 35 at the Bears 16. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. I, I mean, I don't know that he should be, but he's going to win the MVP. And then I have one interesting stat here on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, on play action passes this year's Cleve, how many interceptions has Aaron Rodgers thrown? Zero. Sorry. On play action passes this year, wow. Cleve, how many touchdowns has Aaron Rodgers thrown? Probably to probably uh, to to Adams like 18. twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, twenty-one touchdowns, zero picks on play action passes this year for uh for Aaron Rodgers. So is that any good? Yeah, I think that's pretty <laughs> pretty damn. Uh, good. And then we have the Bears backing into the playoffs, and I've started to see Matt. I've started to see some talk about do they keep Trubisky? I told you, I told you, <laughs> but I have he fits the culture. I have, I, yeah, I have something to say about the Saints and Bears a little bit later, and I'm going to use a great '80s reference. So just be <laughs> stay tuned for that. Oh, the '80s. <laughs> yep. Uh, Cleve, don't start singing when we were young by the Killers, please. Oh. <laughs> 
Now, if I were going to make a reference for Cleve, it'd at least be the 50s. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are fucking horrible. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. <laughs> Going to sock hop, huh? Fucking right. <laughs> we'll have, a pop, we'll have a, a pop from the soda jerk and everything like that. <laughs> Easy. Hey, Cleve, after the pot, you want to go down and get a malted? <laughs> now, if we're talking 40s, I'm Fuck in with you guys. guys. <laughs> um... Uh, so the next game, the next game we have here, which I wanted to think of like an old person uh, way to translate this. Oh, I did. Okay. We have the Chargers 38 and Cleve's childhood best friend Chad Henney and the Chiefs 21. Um, oh, my God. So the Chargers <laughs> won this game and it's actually their fourth win in a row. And they still fired Anthony Lynn, which was the correct thing to do. I did not realize they had put four games in a row, though. Um, I didn't realize that either. Wow. Yeah. So Anthony Lynn gets fired. So, Cleve, during his tenure at the Chargers, Anthony Lynn had 32 losses. How many wins did he have? Uh, 17. 34. 30, yeah, no way. 12-4, I think, two years ago. Yep, he had a winning record. Oh, the Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. era. Yep, okay. so, he had, so he had a winning record. They fired him anyways, which is still the, still the correct thing, the correct thing to do. Uh, the Chargers' job here is, in my opinion, the best job on the market. You can make an argument for Jacksonville, but the Chargers' roster is stacked. They already have the quarterback. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and the 13th overall pick, and $30 million in cap space. Yeah, I think that's probably the number one And you job. can put in Anderson, the NLA. Anderson County. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. a brand new stadium and facilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 very very attractive. Certainly yeah. more attractive than the New York Football Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, but not by as much as you think. The Jets. No, the I know Jets that. Are very attractive as well. Uh, it's no, they the are. Lions I'm concerned about. <laughs> yeah, I saw they're interviewing uh, Bevel. So, do you think they're actually going <laughs> to just hire the guy that's been on the sidelines the whole year and not take a stab at somebody new? Is there, I'm, asking, I'm asking Dave seriously. Is, is, is yeah, there yeah. a Rooney rule for having to interview overrated Wisconsin quarterbacks? That's the only reason they should be interviewing Daryl Bevel for anything going going right. forward. Yeah. Hey, you guys get Marvin Lewis. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> the, the Lions are under a lot of pressure to hire Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator from the uh, from the 49ers, because he's from Dearborn. And so for a, we'll see we'll see if this happens. I want to get into this right now. We'll see if this happens, but. Um, no, they will not hire Daryl Bevel. If they do, I'm becoming a Chargers fan. Uh, as far as the Chiefs go, the Chiefs did lose this game. They did not play anybody of consequence. Um, Le'Veon Bell didn't even play in this game. I mean, they didn't play anybody that could even risk getting hurt at all. So we won't see them fully armed and loaded uh, two weeks from now. The uh, the next game we have here, we have the Seahawks 26 at the 49ers 23. And once again, this game was a lot harder than it had to be for Seattle. Um... Cleve, Tyler Lockett had 90 yards in this game. How many catches did he have? Uh, Twelve. Four. Twelve oh catches, God. 90 yards. Hey, Seattle, will you just throw the ball down the field, please? I'm glad they threw it. But that's seven and a half yards a catch for Tyler Lockett. Can we please just throw the ball Jesus. down the field? He came back at three for 21. Yeah, they, they should just hand it off. Like, just hand it off to the guy. I just, I, I don't, I don't understand it. This is. I actually think this is more frustrating than anything I've ever experienced as a Lions fan, because I've never been a fan of a team that's good but refuses to do what they're good at. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. This is just this is just so irritating. Now, as far as the 49ers go, um, the 49ers have the 12th overall pick, and they also get a player back from injury. They get Jimmy G, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Raheem Mostert all back from injury next year. Yeah. Wow, that's like 40% right. of their offense. It's all their offense. <laughs> I mean, this is another Kyle Shanahan. I know I've jerked them off a couple of times, you know, in the last few weeks, but I mean, they went six and ten, which doesn't look good on paper, but they ba- rarely got blown out this year, and that's losing a yeah. lot of talent. And they could have won this game. I just thought it was interesting. They're throwing out your boy beat hard, and they had Nick Mullins for the entire season, and they were more competitive than some other teams at six and ten. Oh yeah, this was a yeah. three and thirteen roster that finished six and ten. It's an incredible coaching job. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. and it's not going to get consideration for coach of the year because they were losing team. But the coaching job was was spectacular all around for that team. Yes, I I mean I I completely agree. the uh, The next thing we have here we have the Raiders thirty two and the Broncos don't. thirty one. Don't talk about this game. Don't just don't. Just yeah. don't. It don't sucks. give a shit. About I hated this game me. so much, and it almost went to <laughs> overtime. There's just one. There's just one relevant thing to say about this game. First of all, both these teams suck. The Broncos will be talked about a lot in the offseason. Uh, the Raiders, like whatever, they're gonna suck next year too. But um, <laughs> as far as it goes for fantasy, so Jerry Judy has been looking great all year. He's fifth overall in the entire league in air yards, but they're coming from Drew Locke, so like oh. he can't catch the balls because they suck. Right? They're terrible throws. But he had, so he's going to the next season. I was like, this kid's going to be so underrated in fantasy drafts. I'm going to be able to get him, you know, huge savings in value and make so much money on Jerry Judy. And then his very last catch of the year, he catches this like 20 yard slant and just houses it like Odell Beckham for a 92 yard touchdown. And it's the last thing anybody's mm-hmm. going to see from this guy this year. And all of a sudden, my brilliant strategy to be the only person on Jerry Judy going into next year out of this rookie class is completely ruined because he put up one of these most amazing highlights I've seen so far. Um, So yeah, Jerry Judy, just as legit as the rest of this class. And I was happy to see him do it, like for him. Very angry to see him do it in the last game of this season instead of the first game of next season. Not that you guys may may have the answer to this, but is there out for the Raiders, Mark Davis and, and Gruden, or is he locked for the 10 years? I mean, I'm I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a buyout of, of some amount, but I don't think I don't think that they're going to view the coach as the problem. I think they're going to view the quarterback as the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they're going to jettison Carr out of there like the first thing. So I mean, you know, you know, Gordon. That's not Gordon's guy. We know that. But it's like I mean, I don't know. I think Matt said this a while ago. Gruden coaches. I think the game is past Gruden by because he spent so too much time in the booth, and he, he inherited two great teams back in the day. So I don't know. This is him actually coaching now, for real, like his own shit with cars out of this. I don't know if they're locked into him for ten years or not. Well, you know, they got to ride with I, him. I think that while that may be true. Um, you know, he has been, they have been trotting out Derek Carr and, and so forth. And I think that the Raider for life culture idea over there is probably going to keep Gruden employed longer than maybe other coaches would be employed. Um, but I, I think we need to see how the Raiders do if they actually start putting some of these pieces together. But Dave, I think you said it a couple of weeks ago. They have some pieces that Gruden doesn't really know what to do with. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it, it's hard on on Gruden. I, I was hard on him in his first year because he looked so outdated with his giant battery box and glasses on, and he just looked like <laughs> the, he looked like they pulled it like he didn't like he was in a time bubble for ten years and or, or or longer, and then all of a sudden was like, wait, we do things this way. It was like Herm Edwards seeing the jerseys at Arizona State and thinking they were for women because they were so small and tight, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I I don't know about the Raiders. I just think Gruden is going to stick around longer than maybe you think leave because i think that the raider culture is is going to dictate that like i mean if mark davis is willing to stick with that hair for his entire life he's probably <laughs> going to stick with gruden who doesn't have much better hair yeah it's crazy my brother's a raiders fan so he's and he listens and you know raiders yeah suck. yeah i i don't think i don't think that the raiders are going to be anywhere near a point to think that the coach is the problem and it's possible that the coach isn't the problem the problem is just their division you know they could just be you know because next year they're going to be up against the chiefs still they're gonna be up against the chargers with a better coach they're going to be up against the broncos who literally only need a quarterback right i mean if you put Derek carr on the broncos they're better than the raiders so yeah you know i i think that's what their issue is going to be he might actually be fired after next season just because they could easily finish three and 13 four and 12 with a six and ten, seven and nine roster, like the opposite of the Shanahan, and the and the the fans demand it, but you know, I I don't have much hope for for the Raiders uh, going forward. Mm. The uh, the next thing we have here, we have the Washington Football Team twenty, and the Philadelphia Eagles fourteen. Meaning that the Washington Football Team, who won the Thanksgiving Day game with Dallas, wins the division. <laughs> Matt, I'll let you. I'll let you. Um, I'll let you walk into this. Okay, so the all the talk of the town. We're talking, you know, Washington and Philadelphia here. Okay, two teams that most of the season have been fairly irrelevant because of the division that they play in. So. I wake up Monday and everybody's up in arms about the Eagles apparently not trying and the the whole you know story is about how they disgraced the game and so forth and and I just th- have thought about it for the last day and a half and I think I've gotten more and more pissed off with that narrative. First of all, I'm talking directly to you Dan Orblowski. I don't give a shit what you think about the integrity of the game, okay? Because you have earned nothing and no merit to tell me what the integrity of the game is. So we'll get that out of the way. But honestly, if I'm if I'm going back to a more serious note, I, I, I don't know what people feel like the Eagles owed anybody here. Now, now, hold yeah. on. So so you can make an argument that the idea of pulling Hurts at that point in the game was weird. In a vacuum, you can say that. But as far as like this whole, well, they need to play for the integrity of the game and, and the, the Giants were hoping for them to play harder because they could win the division. I don't care. I don't care. Because if you really wanted a shot at the division, there's two things. One, you should have had more than six wins. And two, you shouldn't have put your season on a four-win team. Period. And this Joe Judge bullshit about we would never do that. Yes, you would. Because you were a Patriot for the longest time. And the Patriots pulled their players so many times in games that could have actually done something for another team. But they selfishly did it for themselves. So that's me. That's my rant. And I really don't care. I really don't care. Doug Peterson, you can look at him and say, should he be, you know, should they reevaluate him as a coach based off the whole season and a lot of other things? Fine, right? Look at that move and say that it's weird. Fine. But this idea that they have to do it for the Giants, screw that. They're division rivals. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly my take. Is that 
like you're asking for a fucking favor like really and then ron rivera is feeling apologetic or non-apologetic about their fucking win i'm like bro it is what it is the division is shit and to matt's point win more than fucking six games i'm waiting to talk to the giants fan tomorrow that i have to train i'm waiting i'm waiting i wish it would have been yesterday so i can have fodder for the show but it is what it is though so yeah put the fucking hats away <laughs> You're not division winners. If it's Dan Orlovsky, when he was a quarterback for the Lions, if he was purposefully trying to throw the games or trying his best, I don't think anybody could tell the difference. And somehow he's worse <laughs> at television. So no, I don't know. Uh, I don't care anything that Dan Orlovsky has to say. That guy is. That guy literally cuts at everything. He even like even if you look at him, and I don't like to be like Ed Hominem attacks a lot. Like he should be so much more handsome than he is. But like he's even ugly. <laughs> With that jawline, like how does that happen? Like, like this guy just sucks. He can't do anything. Like he, he's just awful. Like you know, he's kind of a guy who like puts goes to back out of the garage, but puts it in drive instead, and just drives into the garage. Like he's a moron. Like this guy cannot figure out anything in his life at all. I don't care at all what he has to say. And I'm not surprised. I don't actually think I've agreed with the single thing he's had to say ever. I certainly didn't agree when he ran out of the back of the end zone in a downfield pass play. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of an intentional going, safety. Yes. I've never heard of an unintentional safety. I was actually going to say he probably <laughs> he probably drove out of the garage because he thought it was the back of the end zone. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, God. Dan Orlovsky just sucks, and this um, and this sort of this sort of question right here really does, I think, does show the difference between the mouth breathers and people actually can think through things critically. And I'm glad to say that you guys are both on the think through things critically side because the the goal. The goal of the of being a team of the NFL is to win the Super Bowl. And yes, I said and that. And it's not necessarily and it's not necessarily to win the next Super Bowl. Because like for example, the, the Super Bowl in 2021 is coming up right now. The teams that aren't in the playoffs can't win. We already know that. But Khalid, let me ask you a question. Can the Jets win the Super Bowl in 2022? I'm a serious question. Could they do it? It's just, it's just, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone has zero. When is when is zero zero? Everyone, to me, has a legitimate shot until we kind of see. So the answer is no. They, can do. they can't. Um, and, and neither can the Lions. <laughs> so because of that, the Lions and the Jets should be already formulating strategies as a franchise to be targeting winning the twenty twenty three, the twenty twenty four, the twenty twenty five Super Bowl. Yeah. If they try to do everything they can to win next year's Super Bowl, they're going to fail because they're not close enough to do it yet. The Eagles. Are made the decision they made to take their best quarterback out of the game for the same reason the Jaguars made it two weeks ago. They want to try to lock up their best possible position for improving their team going forward. And somebody made a great point on Twitter where they said that when the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> um, that wasn't a great point. That was terrible. But when the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky, they had to go from 13 to 8. And then from eight to two, because eight was attractive enough to make the jump to two, 13 was not. The Eagles losing this game, they went from, I don't even know, 11 to six, something like that. Yeah, they're picking six now instead of 10. So they effectively, yeah. they effectively made That's that critical. first trade now. If they want to go up in the top three, like say they want to go up and make sure they get a quarterback ahead of Atlanta, they can make a trade with Miami. Maybe Miami feels they can drop down or whatever. They have a much more reasonable chance to do that now for having lost that game last night. The Eagles don't owe anything to anybody but the Eagles. 
exactly that's my point and i don't understand how people are getting offended by the fact that they went into business for themselves that's the whole thing right like that's the entirety of it so take the antithesis of this the bills played a division rival and they had really nothing to play for outside of the second you know seed and dave you and i you sort of went back and forth on what we what they should do and you know what they did they they put their foot on their friggin' throat and they could have made it a lot easier for the Dolphins. They could have trotted out through the third stringers. The Dolphins could have easily got no, no. They could have gotten, <laughs> you know, their eleventh win and, and made it, but they didn't. And so, are we now going to say that the Eagles owe, like, the Eagles really owe the Giants something? Or even if it was the Cowboys, it doesn't matter. They don't owe them anything, especially, especially yes. a division rival. Like it's like yeah, like that's the part that people are missing in this whole thing. I'm like, so you're just gonna give so you're gonna watch someone else get a shot. And well, yeah, but okay. Oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, but also like being division rivals and hating your division rivals is part of the integrity of the game, right? So like if you can screw yes. over your division rival by either winning or losing, and you do it, and it also is a good business decision to Dave's point, to where they sit Jalen, and yeah, people said, well, they should have sat him at the beginning. Well, okay, fine. But you know what? It was like a preseason game. They basically started him for a while. They pulled him out, and he was mad because he wants to play. But at the end of the day, it's a meaningless game to the Eagles, and that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what it means. And then also, by the way, these reporters who are coming at and asking Ron Rivera if he feels bad for winning that game because the Eagles tanked it, he should have just said, next question, <laughs> yeah. we're on to the playoffs. I can't even believe he answered it because it's the stupidest it's question. T- yeah, fuck off. Yeah, I mean, the other thing here, too, is that I feel like I, I feel like there's a real through line between the people who are like integrity of the game or whatever and like people who have just terrible takes on other things as well. And the, the reason is that they can't see like macro things that impact culture. So for example, in the United States, we have like no one person is above the law. That's not like written down anywhere. It's just sort of like a thing that's supposed to guide our culture. Yeah, sure. But like part of the reason we're so mad at him is because this thing that's supposed to guide the culture is not seeming to apply. Right. Yeah. So in the NFL, all people screaming about competitive balance, competitive whatever. The NFL forced the Broncos to play a game with no quarterback. Yes, the competitive Dave, thank you. balance thank you. in the NFL thank is not you. a driving culture force. The NFL winning the Super Bowl, playing the games, and getting the money—it's <laughs> the driving force in the NFL. And the Eagles did their job. They showed up. They played. Everybody got paid, and they made the best decision, decision for themselves. Mm-hmm preach i know you guys can never let me down with this stuff because it, you guys hit it square it's like a nuclear blast <laughs> to the face but it's <laughs> that no yeah you're gonna try guys out to play now now all of a sudden we're worried about the integrity of the fucking game seriously listen i'm gonna yeah. even go out there nice. and say the integ the integrity of the game was quite is in question when the patriots cheated twice okay like that's integrity of the game stuff because it's take it's a it's going out of your way to not do things fairly Pulling your players and having a game plan that maybe doesn't maximize your chance to win in that particular moment, to me, isn't against the integrity of the game because it's making a decision in the moment of what you think is best. And whether we agree with it or not, like, and I'm talking to Giants fans, 
that it doesn't matter. Like they don't owe you anything. Like I would love to hear a phone call between Joe Judge and Doug Peterson. Hey, Doug, look, can you do us a solid and kind of like play really hard? And have, and, yeah, exactly. Click. I'd be like, no, no, I'm not doing that because I don't owe you anything. Joe Judge and the Giants don't pay the Eagles salaries. Like it's just horseshit. And it's just weird that people like are so up in arms about the integrity of the game. And I was like, nobody gives a shit about the integrity of the game when we're trotting out child molesters and sexual offenders out, you know, like sexual abusers out yeah. there. But like, well, with the integrity yep. of the game means something because the Eagles should try hard. Fuck that. Things about this is that if you're going to have a guy make a phone call to do you a solid, get Trump Corleone to do it. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. Number two. Doug Peterson should have got on got on TV like the guy that read debunked all like the election stuff, the fraud stuff. He should have had like a list of what you guys just ran off. Like, look at look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. I'm exhausted I mean, right now. So uh Shit. yeah, so the last thing is that you mentioned that phone call between Joe Judge and Doug Peterson. I could just see Joe Judge calling Doug Peterson be like, listen, man, we just need to find eleven more points. Just eleven more points is all we need to find. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then, and, then, and then the last thing, the last thing I'll say here is that uh, um, the Patriots got caught thirty three times. Not uh, well, not right. Three. But my point is, is, like those are actual integrity of the game missteps. Like that's that's what it really is, and I have no problem with that because it is what it is, right? Like I call it the way that I see it. But like, it's just this whole thing was just so stupid. It was so people could have opinions. What's the three? What's the well, three the, times, Dave? So so I, I, I only got two. Gate. Yeah, so Spygate the first time, like 15, 20 years ago or whatever. Then there's Tom Brady deflating the footballs. Yeah. And then last year they were spying again. They're using their documentary, like, uh, film crew to film the Bengals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, about that one. three times. If, okay. if, I, if I may say, one of my favorite things about Deflategate was that it got Bill Belichick to say something besides, you know, on to whatever. Um, and when he said, we're not talking about fine China here, I almost pissed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the most interesting thing that he said because I know a lot of people hate his press conferences. I get tickled by them, especially when a reporter asks a dumb nah, question. Like my favorite, my favorite one this he's... year was after the first game when he's like, some reporter asked, and this is so stupid. Like I don't know why they ask him these questions. Oh, there's no fans, you know, in the stands. And is can you name a time in your career where you've ever had to experience something like this? And he's just like, um, practice. And I just lost it. Wow. So I will say that um. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy there that we can wrap up the Patriots talk for a while because the Patriots sure. are not in the playoffs. That's correct. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, oh my yeah. God, no Patriots, no Lions, and no Jets, um, and no Giants. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, we will get the playoff games here. So there are yep. three games Saturday, three games Sunday because of the extra team making it in. Between Saturday and Sunday are each Thanksgiving slates. Um, yeah, it's it's really nice. nice here. So when we go through to do the preview here. I'm going to uh, say the teams. I'm also going to give the lines for the for the game as well, so we get a sense of how these teams are thought of being compared to one another, because all the teams are good besides Washington and the Bears. Um, so the first game that's going to and we're going to go in order of the games that are going to be played. So the first game here we have the seven seed Colts at the two seed Bills on Saturday. The Bills are currently six and a half point favorites. Um, Cleve, what do you think about this game? I think the Bills are red hot right now. I think that they're red hot. And I think that they're, you know, they're fired up and they're going to make a push. 
I mean, they, they came a long way and, you know, they've got a lot to prove. So yeah. I got the Bills. I think this, this is the worst possible matchup that the Colts could have asked for because right now yep. the Colts are looking to, and we've talked about this a lot, they're looking to run the ball, slow the clock down, and cut down on Phillip Rivers' mistakes. And they're coming in to a team that is red hot, scoring a shit ton of points, and their defense has been on fire. So that's putting a lot of pressure yep. on them. And if they can't run the ball, they're going to make it so that Phillip Rivers has to win the game for him. And I think Cleve, to Cleve's point, if they do that, that defense is so red hot and so good right now that they're not going to be able to do it. I think this is the worst thing that they could have asked for. I think the other teams, I mean, the Ravens, you know, are, are red hot too. But I think of all the other teams that are coming in, I think they would have fared better against every single one of them except the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, my point is actually going to be the, the exact inverse of that, but it's really saying the same thing, is that this is the best possible matchup the Bills could have gotten. Right. Uh, besides maybe Miami again, which would have been impossible if they beat them. But, yeah, I, I think that the Colts, I mean, the Colts are good enough on defense to keep them in the, to keep the Colts in the game and make this a full, a full four quarter game. So I think the, the spread of six and a half is actually really good. And I may even take the Colts with the points in that situation, but I don't see, I don't see the Colts going into Buffalo, you know, in this situation and being able to come up with a victory here. So I, I do like, I like Buffalo to win. So it sounds like all of us like Buffalo to win this game. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. excellent. The next game we have here is the six seed Rams, the three seed Seahawks. The Seahawks are currently favored by four and a half. But of course, the big story here is Jared Goff might not play. And if Jared Goff doesn't play, I mean, John Wolford looked okay against Chris Stremler or whatever. I'm just not sure that John Wolford can beat Russell Wilson in the playoffs in Seattle. Cleve? Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, you know, not that Goff is going to, you know, put up a, a greater fight, but if you don't have your star quarterback, and is this is it his throwing thumb? That's, yes. that's the one I got surgically uh, done up? Or Wow. So, yes. So, to try the guy out there that can't probably grip the ball, is probably, we're probably not going to see golf. Matt, so, Seahawks all the way. I think the only thing that can beat the Seahawks, golf or not, is themselves. Because I think that their game plans the last few weeks have been spotty at best, and I, Dave said that every week. So, they, they probably are good to get by here. But I think if they continue down this path where they're not playing to their strengths, they're going to get had somewhere along the way. Yeah. So I am, I'm very much afraid of this game for Seattle. If Goff plays, if Goff doesn't play, I don't think it matters too much. I just don't think Wolford's, you know, good enough to, to get this done. But if Goff does play, this is a game that scares me for Seattle because the Rams aren't quite good enough to force Seattle to have to throw the ball. So Seattle, like it sets up in a way that Seattle could really screw themselves over. Whereas I think if they had gotten matched mm. up with like Tampa Bay, you know, that all of a sudden they're like, oh, we actually are gonna have to throw this ball and get out here and get playing. So I actually think this game is more dangerous for the Seahawks and some other games will be just because I think that they can force themselves into the mistakes that Pete Carroll for whatever reason wants to make. But again, it does sound like all three of us think the Seahawks will win. Okay. Yeah. And then the final game on Saturday, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. So our local area gets to host the playoff game. <laughs> um, speaking of the competitive competitive balance and fairness, now the odds have Tampa Bay as an eight and a half point road favorite in the playoffs. Um, Cleve, what, what's your outlook on this game? I mean, they should. I mean, I don't even think Tom Brady is going to play. I mean, they should. They should run out. You know, they should run out there and just kill these guys. I mean, you know, I I just don't see the point of 
I mean, Antonio Brown would probably have 500, 500 yards. So, yeah, it's just like you you won your division. You got into the playoffs to take a shit. Man. So, here we go. The only thing that could be different in this game is if Washington can get pressure on Brady. And mm-hmm. this isn't like new news, but Brady doesn't play nearly as well when he's under constant pressure. And we've seen that a few times in the playoffs over the years, despite you know all the winning that they've done. Um, and to Cleve's point a few weeks ago, th- th- sometimes Tampa Bay comes out like they, they're not playing to their strengths and not letting Tom kind of do his thing. Ultimately, I don't think that Tampa is going to lose this game, but I think there are a few interesting factors that could make it a little bit closer. And Washington's coming in, you know, feeling fairly good about themselves. Alex Smith generally doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but this defense is really tough for Tampa and especially against the run. So uh, I think ultimately Tampa wins. So, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. You know, Washington has just an insanely good uh, defensive line and a pretty decent back seven behind them. And I think that they can actually give Tampa a bit a bit of problems. I think Tampa will win the game. I would definitely take Washington in the points here, though. I think this game's going to be a lot closer. And that's not because I think the Bucks are frauds. I don't think they're going to be exposed quite yet. I think they're exposed next week. But... If 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 we're doing when we're doing the show next week, if we're talking about Washington beat Tampa, like Chase, like Chase Young has three Jeez. sacks, right? I mean that's Absolutely. that's how it happens, right? It's because they get <laughs> like one's a strip sack and there's a pick six in there. Um, the other thing, uh, and Matt, you're an expert on this, is that Tom Brady has lost his last three playoff games since the NFC East. That is absolutely correct. Um, the only thing that would have made this a little bit better is if it was the Giants and the Giants beat him again as a six and ten team here. But um, yeah, I mean, he sometimes you know it's like Brady in Denver, Brady in Miami just doesn't play well. And I know it's a team sport, but it's like Cleveland boxing where some guys just have your number. So. Maybe the NFC East has yeah. figured some things out, but there's a lot of talent o- offensively for, for Tampa. So I, I, while I think it could be close, I, I just don't see it happening. But I do think Chase Young could be the X factor. He's he's motivated. He's playing against a guy who is the you know considered the GOAT and against a team that nobody is saying they have a chance against. And sometimes that motivates you to the point where you start playing well. And he has been playing amazing this year he is everything that they asked for and more and if anything is going to tip the game defensively it's probably going to be him so great segue matt and you guys remember when alex smith was a was a chief and they they played the patriots and he beat the shit out of the patriots Mm -hmm. they was calling him that was like opening Mm -hmm. night of the season and they scored like 48 points on this yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so just like I think, just like um, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady has uh, Matt Ryan's number. You know, Alex Smith. It'll be it'll be interesting to see these guys. So go let me ask you guys so. a question. We'll start with Cleve here, then go to Matt. One, if I were to tell you that one of these two upsets would occur, that either Washington would beat Tampa or the Colts would beat Buffalo, Cleve, which one is more likely to happen? I think the Colts beat. I actually Buffalo. agree with that, even though what I said before but i actually agree with that because i do think the colts are a little bit more talented than than washington and do pose somewhat more of a threat but i'm sure dave will completely disagree with us cleve yes i actually i actually do i, I was i was surprised to see to hear you guys say the colts actually i thought i was gonna have this like great point set up for the listeners but instead it's just more 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 disagreement but no i think washington has a much better chance to beat tampa than the colts do to beat to beat the bills which is a reflection of my thoughts on tampa and the bills not on the colts in washington um the next game we have here, 
I think is the best game, the best game of wildcard weekend. This is the first game on Sunday, the fifth seed Ravens at the four seed Titans. Um, these two teams, like mm. these are two teams that know exactly what they want to do. These are two teams that I think could actually win the Super Bowl. And this game is going to be, this is a rematch of last year. The Titans beat the Ravens in Baltimore last year. Cleve, what do you think? I think Titans. I think um, I think Henry King Henry's going to run rough shot. Just to you know, he's there's at this point every team that's playing this weekend is looking at we're a few games away mm-hmm. from the from a championship, and they're gonna they're gonna trot out everything that they got. Matt said to me offline that you know because I you know we're debating about Henry being MVP or in in the talk, but Matt pointed out that their offense is actually pretty pretty decent mm-hmm. um, even when he's not on fire. So I I really think that Baltimore to me is gonna implode. Um, you're coming off beating the shit out of the Bengals, so you know. Who cares about that? Yeah. But we'll if see. at one o'clock on the first Sunday after Red Zone, I get to watch this game. This is the best possible way to start that that down season without Red Zone. Because if you all remember when they played in the regular season, remember how chippy it got, mm-hmm. especially between the coaches and, and before and after yeah. the game. And there's still that 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 stink from last year when the Titans went into Baltimore and, and beat them. And this is a, the inverse of that, where you have the Ravens traveling to the Titans who had that nail biter just to win their division and host this game. But I do think that the Titans, despite how hot the Ravens are, I think the Titans are built to do their thing, especially if, if they're able to get going and Henry is able to do his thing. And I think the other key to this, too, is... Tannehill can't make a bunch of mistakes. Like if if they're turning the ball over, they're they're never they're not going to have a shot. But I do like Tennessee here, although I think it's going to be an extremely chippy game, an extremely entertaining game, and I think it's going to be a close game. So I didn't mention the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. Does that does that change your guys' uh, mm-hmm. opinion? Because both said to be close. Does the fact that the Ravens are favored by more than a field goal uh, on the road, by the way, it's at Tennessee. The Ravens are favored yeah. by more than a field goal on the road. Um, does that change your thought at all about who you think would win? Yeah, that yeah, that that does change. So what is it? What is it? What is it that you think that the people that the line makers are seeing that you guys did not see or fail to mention that would lead them to think that Baltimore should win by more than a field goal when you guys thought Tennessee would win, Cleve? Um, is is what Matt said about if he if Tannehill makes a ton of mistakes. They, you know, if they force him, if they keep the pressure up, if they, you know, blanket those receivers, mm-hmm. I think I, I think it's the defense. Shot. I mean, the last two games we've seen from the Titans, they've given up almost they gave up forty mm-hmm. and thirty eight, and they really struggled to uh, to really remain in the game. And you know, Baltimore's coming in red hot. You know, especially with with Lamar being you know with his legs, his arm, uh, he's doing all the right things. And so, and that Baltimore defense is is pretty good. Uh, I don't know if they're like you know top five or top three, but I think if if there's going to be a weakness for the Titans, it's probably going to be the defense. And that also plays into the Tannehill mistake thing because if they get down early, they have to go away from Derrick Henry, and they're going to ask Tannehill to do something more than I think he's capable of. And and I'm not saying that he's bad, but I don't think that that's their game plan to have Ryan Tannehill throw 50 times to win the game. I think that's I think that's where they're going to run into yep. trouble is if they can't stop the Titans. I mean, excuse me, the Ravens from putting up points, especially early. I think they're going to get in trouble. So 
I was not shocked to see the spread. I actually think the Ravens are going to win this game. I mean, this, this is a game where the Titans could easily win. It's not like it's not like the Titans are not a good team or anything. But I think the Ravens win this game actually pretty handily. Ever the fourth quarter of this game, we're all sort of bored, and the and the Ravens are just are are just handling business, and that is because the Titans' defense is actually trash. Like it's not even it's not even like kind of good or mediocre. It's bad. And the Ravens are just white hot and the teams are very familiar with each other. And so I think the coaching, the coaching matchup is actually a push because both coaches are really good. And the Titans just have this glaring weakness. I mean, the, the Titans defense is by far the weakest unit out of the four of them. And I actually, I actually thought the Ravens might be favored by a little bit more than, than three and a half. I think the Ravens are, are actually going to just roll, roll through this game. Um, you know, and that means that they're going to end up winning, you know, 28 to 21 28 to 24 but in the fourth quarter of this game will be like oh yeah the ravens are have been the better team and they're in control you know what i mean yep um mm-hmm. so then the uh, the next game here we have the second game on sunday the seven seed bears at the two seed saints the saints are favored by 10 and a half now um <laughs> michael thomas has not yet been cleared to play in this game as of recording on a early tuesday afternoon here and Alvin Kamara has not been cleared to return after testing positive for COVID either. So I actually think that those are very important things. But this, this presumes both of those players are out. Cleve, do the Bears have a chance if the Saints don't have Thomas and Kamara? I don't see this. Here's the thing. I don't think Trubisky can get it done. He's he's been he's looked good in the in the last in the stretch. But I think when the the lights are brightest and it's it's for all the marbles, I don't I don't think that they're gonna pull it out. The Bears defense, you know, they're awake. But um I think um, you know, the the Saints could put together a pretty good game plan to beat Matt Trubisky. I'm talking to you, Sean Payton, and you Drew Brees. And the entirety of the New Orleans Saints sweep the leg. No mercy in this dojo. I don't want to see the Chicago Bears next weekend. I don't want to see them the weekend after. And I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky on red zone ever again. Sweep the leg. (laughs) So uh, I, I think that the Bears could win this game. And I actually what? don't think it's like for for like I I just snap taking the Bears plus ten and a half without question, uh in this in this situation, if Thomas and Kamara both miss, I think that the Bears can win this game. If just if if Alvin Kamara plays, I think that makes it a lot harder for the Bears to win this game. If just Michael Thomas plays, I think the Bears can still win as well. I don't think the Bears will win. But I think that this game is going to be way closer than people think. This is going to go the opposite of the game before it. Like this year, the Bears are winning this game in the fourth quarter. I think that the Bears match up really well with New Orleans. And if the Bears had a quarterback who was mm. a complete dumpster fire like Mitch Trubisky, I might actually think that they could. Like I'm actually pick them to win this game. I'm not going to pick them to win it. I just. I don't think this game's going to be a blowout. I think this game's going to be close in the fourth quarter. Twitter's going to be a buzz. I got the Saints overrated, and that'll be the talk coming out going to the, going into the next going to the next round. Can I can I take a serious take because that was mm. me asking the Saints to do that. But as far as like my actual analysis of the game, <laughs> I agree with Dave. A lot of times in the playoffs we end up talking about, you know, these teams that have had a good season, but in so many years the hot team coming in 
makes a huge difference. And much like the Ravens, the Bears are actually hot. And I don't even know how we're saying that because of the way their season has been. I think at one point, Dave, you asked Cleve what their record was when Nick Foles was quarterback. They were five and one, and he thought they were one and five. Like yes. that's how weird they have looked this year. And but they're <laughs> they're hot. And Trubisky, outside of you know this this latest game, and the Packers way overmatched. You know they're they're way overmatched for the Bears. Um, but I agree. I mean, especially if Drew Brees doesn't have his two biggest weapons, the team overall is good. But I think that you're asking a lot of of Drew Brees, especially with a team coming in that's hot with a defense that can get to the quarterback and make a 40-year-old Brees with, you know, sore ribs probably still feel a little bit uncomfortable. And now he doesn't have safety blankets to throw to. Um, I, I do think that your scenario of the Bears winning in the fourth quarter and then losing the game, preferably on if their kicker misses, um, mm -hmm. would be, you know, would, would be pretty realistic. Yeah, so we all we are all picking the Saints the Saints to win, but it sounds like Matt and I will not be shocked if the Bears win. Cleve, you think the Bears just don't really stay much of a chance here? Nah, I I, I think when the light, when the lights are brightest, fair it enough. It would have been better. It would have been better had you made an old reference like unless Walter Payton coming out of that tunnel, they ain't winning this game. Listen, George <laughs> Hallis isn't coaching this team. That's a good point. Steve Ruckman's not coming through that door. Um. <laughs> Uh, so the last game we have here this weekend, another great game. This is the night game on Sunday. We have the six seed Browns at the three seed Steelers. The Steelers are currently a four and a half point favorite, which I was a little surprised to see, to be honest, until I saw the news that the Browns are still fighting COVID and it looks like the head coach might have to miss the game. So if Stefanski has to miss this game, Jeez. I mean, you know, that... It'd be one thing if the coach on the other side was a complete moron, but Mike Tomlin is not that. Uh, he will, like, whoever has to come in and replace Stefanski is going to be overmatched immediately. And if, if Stefanski misses this game, I don't see how the Browns can win, which is a real problem because I, my overall take that I'm going to have here in a minute requires the Browns to win this game. Um, so, so do you think that? You know, he can't phone it in. You know, the, the game plan is like, this is my game plan. I put an earpiece in. I'm going to be talking you through this whole thing. You know, have the fucking ball boy running, you know, running the, the, the offense. I think I, I, I think him physically being there is, is probably important. But I think I, I, I don't think it's allowed. I think that's against that the rules. Done. I mean, in college, you have to be physically somewhere? present. And that's to prevent all sorts of cheating. I mean, I'm sure it's the case in the NFL. Like, the, the reasons would apply for both. Uh -huh. So... I mean, you can't even be on a cell phone in a sports book because of electronic cheating. So I don't think you're be like calling in, calling employees yeah, yeah, from yeah. home and, and with COVID to to the sideline. I think if he can't be there, he can't be involved. So, so you're telling me that they could move the goalpost for for, yes, for OSU, but they can't do that. Okay. Yeah, but it makes me think now. Stefanski <laughs> sitting on his couch watching the game, and his wife's in the other room, and he hears Z six five two four slant, and she's like, "What's that? Oh, nothing, hun. It's fine. Don't worry about it." <laughs> oh, I thought you weren't work. I thought you weren't working today. Uh, yeah. So, clean this happened in the Iron Bowl, which is Alabama versus Auburn. Saban tested positive. Uh, he couldn't coach. Uh, against Auburn and he couldn't call in so he's on his couch just screaming at the television while the game's going on Alabama oh won by like God. 35 <laughs> he's just losing his mind like don't call that play what are you doing this is a run oh 
So yeah, so I theory if they don't if they can't have their coach, I think the Steelers are actually gonna roll in in this one. So let's talk about this game though, as if Stefanski is present for the for the game. Um Cleve, what do you think about this game? Browns for Steelers. They just played. The Browns just won. So it's an immediate rematch. What do you think about this game if Stefanski is able to coach? I think, honestly, it comes down to Pittsburgh's lack of running, and they're going to get killed. Because Ben's, Ben's coming back, you know, and and we, and we as Tamat said a few weeks ago, like he's just dinking, dunking it. Like, he's not throwing downfield. So um, if he picks, if he decides to pick this game to start, air, you know, aerating it, whatever – but I think the fact that they can't get the ball moving on the ground to slow the game down for the for the Browns is going to be a nightmare for them. And I think Baker and them are, are, are red hot Matt, coming in trying to prove. Serious something. question: uh, Is is there you know merit to the fact that the Steelers played half people of consequence for this game when the Browns needed to get in? They needed a win to get in. They they controlled their own destiny, and. You know, a failed two-point attempt basically was the difference in this game to where the Steelers could have won the game and ruined it for the Browns. And then they get them right back the next week with their full complement of players. <laughs> I wonder if that has something to do with the the line that you thought was a little bit bigger than it would be, Dave. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think the Steelers should be favored here, and it's and it's at home. I mean, so it's minus four and a half to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. That means that if it was a neutral site game, it would be Steelers minus one and a half. Which I think I, th- I think is is reasonable. I mean, the Steelers have looked bad lately. They're like the inverse of the Ravens or the Bucks, but they still won eleven games and were crushing people for a lot for a lot of the season. So I think that the Steelers should be favored in this game. However, I don't think the Steelers are the better team in this. I cannot believe this is coming out of my mouth in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. But uh, I think the Browns are a better football <laughs> team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I, I agree, but I wonder if yeah. this isn't really their year. You know, even though they went eleven and five, they had a great season, and they should have. They hope should have beaten the Jets. It should have been twelve and four. But um, I agree, though. I think the Browns are better than them. But I wonder if the circumstances, the timing of all this, is just going to be too much to overcome. And we talked about competitive balance due to COVID for the whole year, and it looks like the Browns are getting hit with it at the absolute worst time. Mm-hmm absolute worst time and i think that's going to make a difference yeah. and it, it is what it is i mean it's one thing to talk about the integrity of the game earlier but this is you know as, as dave as you said they're the league is sticking to their guns is what they're worried about they're worried about the continued spread of the virus into the community and they're not really worried about the competitive balance and this is the playoffs and hey tough luck your head coach isn't going to be here and if you lose that's it we're, we're still getting down to what we are and that's yeah. the way they've been the whole season so i i think that that's really what it comes down to for me they may be the better team but i think the timing of this is just horrible for them and it's only tuesday you know we have a lot we have at least what three more days before you know we, they can go through like their final game plan and mm-hmm. know who's in who's and, really out or who's gonna be out so i think that you know between now i mean we've in between our shows, we've had things develop over the weekend. And, like, you know, and more so people could test positive. We'll see. Come Friday. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So now exactly. the next question, which exactly. we, I didn't mention in the outline, but I would hope you guys would both assume with this playoff starting, you would assume this is coming. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to go first here because I don't think you guys will be copying mine. The question is, who is going to represent each conference in the Super Bowl? And who is going to win? So, if you want to take a second to think about it while I go through mine here, um, 
this is it. This is our official political football prediction. And I think that the Super Bowl is going to be the Baltimore Ravens versus the Seattle Seahawks with the Baltimore Ravens winning. This prediction <laughs> requires to make sense the Browns to beat the Steelers so that the Ravens go to Buffalo and not to Kansas City. Um, And so mm, okay. if the Browns okay. are unable to really... I mean, I'm not changing it, but if the Browns are like, oh, we're missing half our team, like... My, my, I think I'm going to be shot pretty quick. But yes, I say Ravens to beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Cleve, what do you got? Chiefs Seahawks. Got so Chiefs, you, Seahawks. you agree with me with the Seahawks coming through to win to win the uh, to win the NFC? Now is that because like me, you think that both yes. just realize they have to throw the ball a million times and that then they're the best team? Yes. Yeah, so so you know you guys. Well, Dave, you made me a believer in. I mean, I don't know what happened with the with the mm-hmm. game planning, but the whole cook Russ cook thing. So I think that because now it's for for all of, you know, all of glory, I think they're going to have to go back to letting him do his thing and Pete Carroll staying the fuck out of the fucking game plan. So, uh, but you make a good point about the other way going through Kansas City. Like you got to got to avoid. Yep, pitch, absolutely. You know, uh, so we got me saying Ravens over Seahawks. Yeah. We got Clue saying Chiefs. You have the Chiefs beating the Seahawks, right? Okay. Um, and then Matt, what do yeah, you got? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say it's the Buffalo Bills because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It gotta be different. Holy you guys pick, shit. you know? No, 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 no. I, I love it. That's why we have this show. You know, we 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 don't we don't all just agree on the same things. Okay, so give me well, give us. I, I, I honestly feel that? like the Bills, um, especially if. Let's say uh, Pittsburgh beats Cleveland and Baltimore has to go to the Chiefs. I can see Baltimore beating the Chiefs, quite honestly. And I know that that sounds ludicrous, but again, white hot teams, you know, sometimes come in and 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 rue the day. And the Bills are that. So if the Bills don't have to play the Chiefs and they play the Ravens, I could see that totally going their way. I just I see the Bills looking really, really good. And also, it's just different than than just saying the Chiefs all the time. Um, and Tampa, that one's a little crazy, basically because I'm looking at the NFC and there's not a team that really strikes me as like, oh, they're fa- Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Green Bay. I'm sorry. Um, I'm looking at these six teams here. I should have actually said Green Bay. But anyway, I didn't. I said the Buccaneers. Um, and I'm really giving Tom some props. You know, it would be interesting to see him play in a Super Bowl for another team. But I think, but I think if they can get by this game against oh, Washington, and it's tough, you know, sometimes getting over that hump, you know, especially since the last time Tom played in the playoffs, the last throw that we saw him make in the playoffs was a pick six against my Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I can just see, I could see them either being complete frauds losing this weekend or getting over that hump this weekend and somehow screwing it to Dave and making the playoffs. I mean, making the Super Bowl. If if Tom make it just if Tom just makes the Super Bowl, they should just take the Plus, rule away fa- that you got to wait five fan- years. How fantastic would it be like if that. Tom makes the Super Bowl and beats the Bills, so they get him out of the division finally, and he still screws him over? So so now Belichick's fine. Be- Belichick's fine. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Belichick. Uh, I saw the, the meme when they said that the Wentz wants a trade, and they had the meme with uh, Belichick and the the uh, the binoculars from way up looking at the combine, and I'm like, oh god. 
So here's here's my question. That would totally never. Here's work. my question, man. So I've been I've been <laughs> on this. Uh, the Bucks are frauds. Are going to be exposed as frauds for a long time, right? Um, and I think that's the case. And I think the way the playoff is set up has really exposed this. So here's the so a couple questions, Matt. The Rams play at the Seahawks. Do you think the Rams will win? No, especially not if Goff plays. The, the Bears play at the Saints. Do you think the Bears will exactly. win? Exactly. No. That means that Tampa Bay will go to Green Bay in the second round. That's fine. Okay. So basically, basically, and the whole reason I was mm-hmm. like my 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 entire like Delorean, they're going to be exposed. Take is just playing it out from like six weeks ago and realizing they're going to the number one overall seed in the second round, which is the best case for them to get exposed, right? Yeah. So I think that the Florida at team home, at Green at Bay, home. a well-rested Green Bay, that's where I think it's tough. Now, if <laughs> if, if Tampa wins that game, yeah. now Nightmare. all of a sudden, like. All bets are off, and I think that Matt's got the Matt's got the most solid, the most solid prediction, the most solid prediction out there. Um, and, the, and I don't think it's the crazy that the are. that the Ravens could beat the Chiefs. Obviously, the Ravens in, in my scenario, the Ravens have to beat the Bills and the Chiefs. So, the thing is about Green Bay, as yeah. as great as Aaron Rodgers has been, there have been times, and I look at that Panthers game as. Uh, an interesting one because they got exposed in the second half and to a team that has a lot less talent especially defensively than say Tampa so yeah and the other thing too about Tampa and I know that a lot of their players haven't necessarily played in that kind of weather but Tom has so there is some experience there and I know that they are I mean and I know what you've been saying a lot Dave but I'm just I'm looking at this field and I'm thinking to myself if there's a team that could surprise everybody on this particular show and do it it's probably that one mm-hmm. um just because it if, if you're right like if they win this mm-hmm. game and they end up playing at Green Bay and then all of a sudden they they win when we don't think they were I mean who gave the Titans a chance last year against the Ravens when the Ravens looked so good those things can happen good teams lose it just happens mm-hmm. and if it does happen then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, I think they could. Uh, I think they could make it. And so it almost seems to me where it's like if they get by this weekend and they get that win under their belt and they look good doing it, that gives them a lot of confidence. And, hey, you never know. I mean, Tom, say what you want about him. He's a weirdo in his personal life. He does all that TV 12 shit that I just find funny. He's associated with a doctor who's not a doctor. Um, but you know he he wants to win and he's he's a competitor and even at 43 he's still looking better than a lot of these other quarterbacks that are going out there so i think they have the talent to do it i just think it comes down to sometimes in the playoffs things just feel different for for different people and i can see that happening here okay so we have we have i say the ravens win Mm -hmm. he says the chiefs win and matt you say the bills will beat the bucks right Yes. Okay, so we're all taking AFC teams to win. We're all taking a different AFC team, which I think speaks to the strength of the playoffs here. Now, in the last couple minutes here, we do have a, one more playoff to consider, and that is the election that is happening tonight. Um, so by the time the listeners hear this, it will probably be Wednesday morning sometime. They might not have calls yet, <laughs> honestly, by then in this in this election. So we have the runoff Senate elections in Georgia we have uh, Kelly Leffler running against Raphael Warnock and David Perdue running against John Ossoff. If the Democrats are able to win both of these races, they will effectively gain control of the Senate through the tiebreaker and control all three um, 
both both chambers of Congress and the White House, of course, once Biden takes over. So this is a pretty big swing and a pretty big difference. The polls have this very close. They have it within two points. Democrats favor, but within two points. So it's within the margin of error. And like state polls are garbage and polls over the holidays are garbage. So we've got state polls over the holidays. So I don't really care about what the polls have to say at all. So in the prediction game, Cleve, what do you think about these races and who do you think is going to win? Well, I um I would love to see Chuck Schumer take over for Mitch. That would be the the dude. I'd love to see Dan Orlovsky like, take over. Oh my for god, Mitch that, that happened. Like, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I honestly I think because of um um that phone call was pretty damning. Um, and I, I can't believe how stupid someone can be to, you know, make these calls. If a guy doesn't take your call 18 times, he's telling you that he does to, to fuck off. 18 attempts to call someone when we have a raging situation. But anyway, um, I think the Democrats take it um, full because of because of all of this conspiracy stuff about don't go vote and, you know, your vote's not going to count bullshit. I think it's going to hurt them. And Matt, um, what do you think? It, 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 it works in I'll their favor. Honest, I don't. I'm not really as uh, educated on the Georgia runoffs because I got a little election fatigue and just sort of tuned out because I don't vote in Georgia. But I don't know. Sometimes voters get really weird and get really stupid. I mean, didn't Alabama didn't Alabama vote a known pedophile in um, over somebody who wasn't or something like that? So you just never know. I just don't know enough about the candidates to really make an informed opinion outside of joking about it. Well, here's I know how serious it is. So here's so here's the thing. Mm. Uh the two Republican candidates are both crooks who are in the job to make themselves rich at the expense of the general public. And the Democrats are, are running a reverend and a guy who worked with John Lewis in his office. So, I mean, it's not. The, yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. Oh, Dave, hold up. So a reverend that's that's oh, yeah. that's that, yeah. that yes. actually church. You know, Martin Luther King's church. <laughs> couldn't he get it? Couldn't yeah. yeah. So I think that, um, the contrast cannot be any bigger between between the candidates, which I think which I think is important. And as far as it goes, for some reason, Warnock has been polling better than Ossoff. So there's a chance that it splits, which of course doesn't really help all that much. Um but unfortunately, I think the Republicans are both going to win very close. Um, because I, I don't think that the wow. that the um, you know, the, your votes don't count or whatever. Like Republican voters seem to have this ability to completely disassociate like their behavior from any sort of reality. Um, you see this a lot, like when uh, bail initiatives are up. So like, oh. Democrats are for minimum wage. We hate Democrats. Oh, minimum wage is a standalone issue on the ballot. We're going to vote for it. And it passes like 75% of the vote. Like, how is it that Florida voted to let felons vote, but then like Democrats can't win there, right? They have this ability to disassociate. So they could easily be like, oh, yeah. the election was yeah. fraudulent for Trump and it got stolen from him, but my vote still counts. I'm going to go vote. You know, for those of us who think logically through things, we'd be like, well, why would I bother voting when Trump says it doesn't count? And it doesn't matter, but you don't vote Republican and think logically in the first place. So I think I I, I think I think yes. that Republicans are like just just going to just going to pull it pull it out here, but we won't know for a couple of days. That's my prediction. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Well, we got a lot of football to watch this weekend. Um, yeah, uh, so Matt, any, uh, everybody, uh, I would assume, is familiar with The Rock at this point. Um, so he around Christmas time, he does a lot of really cool stuff where he like buys his mom a car or a house or whatever because he's making a gajillion dollars. But uh, this year, he posted a video. Um, old guy from the, the 90s uh, whose manager name was Harvey Whippleman. I don't know. Whoever's a wrestling fan, you probably know that name. But I guess when, when The Rock was a young kid and his parents got ev- or his mom got evicted, um, when they lived in Hawaii, I guess he was sent to live with this guy in you know Alabama or something like that. And the guy was nice enough to take him in. And then when The Rock was trying to make his way in the, into wrestling and he was doing those like flea market shows and stuff, uh, he lived with him again. And so The Rock flew down to Alabama and bought him like a bought bought him a car straight up uh, and just gave it to him as his Christmas gift. And it was a really emotional video. It was kind of like paying him back for all the times when he could have said no. To having this young punk live with him and he took the rock in twice yeah no that's that's awesome and uh mm-hmm. when you first talked about the rock i thought you meant cool. the uh the sean connery nicholas cage classic from 1996 oh that is a fit that no hold on that is a great action <laughs> like that's nowhere near con air like you're not saying it's bad are you uh no i'm no, I mean, like, it's a 90s action movie with Sean Connery, but, like, that's entertaining. Connery was not entertaining at all. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's like you saying that Calvin Ridley no, might, it might be a duck ball. Con Air is an insanely entertaining movie. It's really entertaining. Are you, are you, you're going to deny Cyrus the Virus <laughs> and Nate oh. Diamond Dog? Are you serious right now? I don't now? know, man. <laughs> I, think I'd rather watch Dem- I think I'd rather watch Demolition Man. <laughs> Jesus. Have any of you guys seen Jim Cotter? Eighties <laughs> is a no, it's an eighties movie. Look it up just on YouTube. Watch like the the highlight or whatever the trailer. Is it a black and one? Do you guys, rem- you'll get the Con Air, nice. Con Air thing. Do you guys remember the um, the wrestler? <laughs> well, maybe you don't, but Cleve might. Roddy Roddy Piper. He was remember he was in that action movie where he came in. Yeah, and he, he yeah. wore. I can't remember what it's called, but like they see us or something like that, and. Yeah, and he comes in. I'm just here to kick ass. Yeah, they see us. Yeah, and uh, I'm already chewing bubble gum or something like that. Or I'm, yeah, I'm all out of bubble gum awesome. or something. I was like, that's my, <laughs> that's that's fantastic. But yeah, no, I mean Dwayne the Rock Johnson. For those of you who are, uh, you know, not wrestling fans. Gotcha. All right, so we start off 2021. Great show, guys. As always, thank you for putting the time into make the show possible thank you guys for listening out there who, who listen and we're you know we're going to keep it going as long as you guys want us to um i'm celebrating a birthday friday these guys always call me old i'll be 47 so they're always taking their that would be the year he was born yeah, shots, 47 the way that i'm 29 for nine times straight now <laughs> <laughs> so um so we got you know we got our thing going Put right, down any, the um, bunny parting um any parting stuff, Dave? What do you got? <laughs> Sweep the leg. Great. Matt? <laughs> Sweep the leg. All right. And uh, go Browns. Bye. Great show. Later. All right, guys. Later.